Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeremy Kubacek, and as always, with my um, uh, really, really, really smart friend. How's that for introduction? Steve? Cochran. Oh, doing, Jeremy, Jeremy, that's the, that's that's love language to a pioneer connector. That is affirmation of competency. <laughs> uh, no, it's good to see you too, my faithful friend. I, I'm so looking forward to actually us being together soon. I think kind of we might be able to fly and meet each other. It's been been a bit long, hasn't it? Really, a little long. Um, there's this thing called COVID. I think um, is still been around. You remember we were first talking about that. We were saying like, hey, this is a two year thing, and everyone's like, no way. But yeah, it's been a two-year thing, hasn't it? It's like actually February is when we were having those discussions in Cancun. There you go. That's exactly it. And uh, obviously, it's two years for us. But if you're in New Zealand, it's it's still going because they've locked down completely. <laughs> so it just shows he who laughs last usually laughs loudest. So maybe that's a bit competitive. And sorry to all my New Zealander friends down under. Uh, yeah. And the Australians beat us at cricket, so they can deserve to be locked out for a bit longer as well. So uh, that's true. Well, hey man, <laughs> uh, walk us through. Tell us what's going on, Steve. What have, what have you been doing lately? Do you know? I the fun thing is, I think this week has been one of the first ones that actually felt like a normal week. I mean, so we went to the movies on Monday night. We went out for dinner on Tuesday night. We went and uh, obviously I play golf on Wednesdays, and then we went and had you know evening drinks with friends. It was like. Wow, we used to go out in the evenings all the time. Um, so really interesting. Masks have gone. Everything's you had to put done. Pants on, didn't you? <laughs> you, put, you did put pants on for that. I hope. Yeah. Well, apparently somebody <laughs> sh- somebody shrunk all my posh clothes while I've been in lockdown, <laughs> or I put on some weight. <laughs> <laughs> the dryer was turned up hey i do yeah. need to clarify uh again i forgot after living in, in england the word pants translated uh, yes. in and is is underwear in right. uh, yeah, england yeah, yeah. so yeah of yeah. course you had pants on <laughs> and some trousers <laughs> as well mercifully. but no you know that was that just felt so it used to be so normal but the fact it felt strange actually was a good a sign of just how much our world has changed, but actually just what a joy it is just be to drop into people's houses again and go out for a drink. And, you know, I was always a massive movie fan. So to actually go and watch, we went, what are we going to see? Um, West Side Story, which is, you know, I went with Megan and, you know, we, we used to love doing that. So a, a good soppy musical with a non-happy ending. Very oh, depressing. I hated Romeo it. I, I, well, we, we watched it. It's and I was a bit like, cultured for you, I guess, like, isn't it? Really, th- it's three hours. It's way too long. It felt like five hours. I'm sitting wow. there. You know, well, all right I, then. I, I would have been yeah. this. You probably gave it this. But that's all right. Yeah. It, it, but it was the idea. It's the movie, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, and what else is happening? We're trying to buy a house. You know, that was part of that vision of Giant all those years ago. That one day we'd buy Mrs. Cockrum a house. So. Um, we're, you know, as always with these things, I hate being out of control. You may know that, but relying on people to do paperwork when they won't respond to your emails or texts for mortgage applications and searches and surveys, I find it 
deeply frustrating. I hope I'm learning patience and a little bit of know yourself, lead yourself. So that hopefully will go through in the next couple of months, which will be great. We'll have the Kubitschek wing that you can come and stay in again when you and Kelly are over. So it is is happening? Well, it is. is, Our desire is for it to happen. We just need somebody to guarantee that they will give us the the vast amount of money for the mortgage that we need to buy a house in this part of the world. So there's no reason why we shouldn't. But, you know, until somebody says, yes, we will, um, there's always that vagary. But all offers been accepted. We're good to go. Anyway, more importantly, for every connector friend of mine, tell me what's been happening in your world. You know, we have, well, today, winter, we have five and a half inches of snow on the ground. And, uh, oh, wow. just beautiful. Just beautiful. So it's, it's it's a snow day today. So when we're done with this, you know, later on, uh, literally all the meetings were canceled. We were going to do filming today in Giant Studios, and that got moved. And so um, super excited just to have a, you know, that feeling of snow day when you're like, uh, everything's canceled and you can just be. And when we're empty nesters, that doesn't mean we have, you know, kids dropping their <laughs> soaking wet stuff everywhere. So wow. we can go out on a nice walk and have a good time. We did an après, après, how you say après ski. Yeah, uh, yeah. We invited our neighbors over and we we made up an après ski uh, afternoon <laughs> as if we'd been skiing all day. So we had yesterday, we had like a, a, a hour and a half with just drinks and and appetizers and fun it was just Ooh, it was fantastic so, i used to like anyway. hot chocolate with brandy that was always my favorite tipple at the top of the mountain i always felt i skied in a much more relaxed way after my apro <laughs> ski so well because you had four of them that was the problem shush, shush. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well and uh, you, hey, so... no hang on hang on and you've been to san antonio oh yes we took a we took a road trip yeah uh down to fredericksburg the texas hill country and we just kind of meandered our way up into the hill country, and then we went all the way down to San Antonio. And it was really fun on the way down. And then you realize you stop here, and you stop here, and you keep going south. It's great on the way down, but then on the way back, you realize how far south you had gone because we drove. And then were, yeah. you know, driving to, to Scotland uh, from London, it was pretty much the same length. How exciting. So, so what's happening in the world at the moment, Jess? What's the... Uh... What's the we got some interesting stuff over here, but I'll let you go first. You no, know, the last you know, last week, uh, last time I was just like Russia, Ukraine. I was so ticked off and still am. But you know, that obviously is is uh that with the Olympics and the Russian Chinese mm. interesting, you know, it it's back to world order and and people taking advantage and or doing things, but you know, it's just, it's fascinating. When I studied in Russia, I studied Russians' view of the West. And their view was, uh, we need a wall to protect from the crazy maniacs coming from Europe. Napoleon, Hitler, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so the Ukraine is, you know, a key component to them because that's a part of their country. So it's just this interesting, it depends on what side you are and how you see things, right? It's perspective. So... Uh, I'm not sure how that finishes and where that goes. And is it just getting started uh, or was this rattling sabers and all for political moves? So it'll be fascinating. Watch this space. I hope it settles down. We, we've got it, one of those fascinating moments where Boris Johnson, the prime minister, is probably in real trouble right now. Um, 
here's somebody who delivered Brexit, who won a huge majority, basically on his own personal popularity and charisma, did a fantastic job with um, the vaccination program. We're like the leading, um, you know, G7 country coming out of vaccination and the economy is now bigger than what it was. And yet actually... Um, it's that fascinating dynamic of going, is competence enough or is character essential for a leader? And I think Bill Clinton was another kind of one in your part of the world that's a little bit on. He was incredibly competent. Um, even my Republican friends like what he did with taxation. But Boris right now is in trouble because he just is not disciplined in his private life. He's got a lot of children from a lot of people, but everyone knew that. But in a sense, while everyone else was locked away, it turns out they were having parties in Downing Street. And they may not have been absolutely mad, raucous parties, but they broke all the laws. And while people were having not even dare to say goodbye to loved ones who were dying or visit anyone, the optics of them having big boozy parties in Downing Street during the lockdown. And he's trying everything he can to wriggle out this thing but I think he's been caught lying. And even though the fine from the police is going to be like a hundred pounds, it will be enough to mean that actually in the end, the British have something about honesty and integrity that I actually think that he probably won't make it. So uh, it's a really interesting dynamic as leadership because competency, I mean, as an orator in it, he's a very, very clever guy and he's cultivated this image, but ultimately character has undermined competence and it came back to a i think you you said it or if you didn't i probably copied it from someone else where it's we often hire for competency and we fire for character rather than sometimes hire for character and train the competency and i've really really reflected on that and when i look at leaders around the world i go is your character actually capable of sustaining the level of competence for the long term or are you going to actually lose your influence for reasons you didn't need to? So that's been my um, little play this week of thinking and knew you'd have some thoughts on that. So what, what's your take on that? Yeah, well, you think about um, just know yourself to lead yourself and what the tendencies are and and patterns. But the the feeling of power allows people to think they can get away with things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on, on one hand, from an American perspective, I'm like, that's it? <laughs> yes. Really? Exactly. It's a. I mean, it's not a big. It's seemingly not a big deal. But I wasn't in lockdown like you were. I wasn't. We weren't feeling the repression oh of and the sacrifice yeah. that you guys yeah. have because certain states. Now, if you're in New York, uh, mm-hmm. or if you're in certain states, you probably have felt that a little bit more. Um, so I get it because it's really a. It's it's a hypocrisy, and hypocrisy goes so far but there's been other events that have all led up to (laughs) this right so this is the straw that broke the camel's back it seems and in florida um, in florida their their covid restrictions were they moved the tables in the restaurants an extra six inches apart is the kind of that's one end of the continuum and and, but it's really interesting how different cultures view different things yeah you know in the sense of going um competency is such a big you, you have to have competency to play I'm not sure as a leader you'll ever get anywhere if you're incompetent at what you do. But I do believe that character is still one of those kryptonites for so many. Yeah, the character gap. And when there's a gap of character, uh, mm. a competency gap, you can actually bridge it. You can you can use mm. other things. A character gap, 
there's a hole. I mean, there literally is a bridge. And it's so difficult because in Boris's case, this is not his first one. This is just a continuation of a character gap. It just seems to uh, spread and sprawl. So two things so. to watch the space. So here's a question. Will Russia invade Ukraine, Jeremy? Um, yes, I think they will. Um, uh, in some regard, they will, they will do some sort of an invasion. Incursion. And will, How's that? And will, will Boris last more than a month in office? As prime minister, uh, no, I think he's probably done. From what I'm reading, I read today. I think he's probably done, probably done. Yours, your view? Um, I don't think Russia will invade Ukraine. Okay, and I think Boris may last slightly longer than a month, but I don't believe he'll last beyond the summer. There okay. you go. We've committed okay. on the fifth of February to go. There's our commitments for the future. So yeah, all good. Awesome. Let's bring Tr- Tracy. You've got, you've got, uh, hey, Chase, how are you? Hey, I'm great. A great Good. conversation, you guys. I love this. I wrote this down, Steve, what you said. Um, companies hire for competency and fire for character. That's that's really good. I don't think I've heard that. And especially in light of our guest today, very interesting because our, our guest is kind of an expert in emotional intelligence. So that's a interesting, yeah, interesting. I'm loving it. Good. Anyway, I'm here for the I love question. The teaser. I love the teaser campaign, Tracy. What's <laughs> yes, our question yes, yes. for today? Sure, it is. Lance from South Carolina is asking. He says, I'm the owner of a small startup with nine employees, two of which are family members. One is my sister-in-law and the other is my adult son. Sometimes they're the hardest of the bunch to lead as they think the rules don't apply to them. How do I get them to understand they have to be like the other employees as far as expectations, deadlines, time off, responsibilities, et cetera? Well, are they listening to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Because <laughs> there's a Lance from South Carolina. If someone's listening, I see there's nine. Uh, employees. <laughs> my brother-in-law, yeah. <laughs> Out of our six million listeners, Jerry, it's yes, going to be highly likely right. that South yes, Carolina is at the center of all things giant. Are you going to go first or do you want me to? Yeah, you are. You are. So here's what I would say, Lance, Okay is leaders define culture, and it sounds to me like you're being a bit of what we would call a protector to your son and to your sister-in-law, because from my perspective, um, it's not they need to be doing what you'd expect of other employees. They actually need to be doing more than other employees for them not to believe that there's a huge nepotism going on. So I think the reality, Lance, is to go, if you look at the way you're uh, team are behaving or your leaders are leading or your relatives are behaving ultimately you have to look in the mirror first and that might mean you have to have some honest conversations and having an honest conversation is often more liberating than you realize because if you have protected tendencies it probably means people really are grateful for all you've done for them and actually sitting down and explaining to them why the way they're behaving is undermining a their influence in the company but it's also undermining your influence because people are looking at what you allow and that becomes the new norm or ultimately you look like you are um, leading two different ways depending on whether people are related to you or not and none of that will go well so i know it might be difficult and hard to hear which is probably why jeremy asked me to go first but you need a liberating conversation um, and recognize you probably have had some protector tendencies towards family in the past. 
But I think it will be a really happy ending, Lance, if you can bite the bullet, practice, and recognize actually bringing challenge with the level of support you bring actually brings empowerment and opportunity. It doesn't bring condemnation and broken relationships. We have built um, at Giant, we have built tools. And Steve and I have created, uh, I think we have over 70 now that have, uh, at, with our new toolkit. And in each of the tools, they're meant to be mirrors so that you can actually address things like this. One of the tools is called effective delegation. It's the idea that it's like a teeter-totter. You have authority and responsibility. And when you're giving someone authority, then they have a responsibility to do that well. Or if they have responsibility but no authority, it's really hard. It can disempower. But when you talk about family members, there's actually an interesting responsibility that they have to represent the family, represent you. So if they're given authority or have even positional authority in a family dynamic, then their responsibility is to represent that authority really well. So in the same way, you can use the support challenge matrix. You can use uh, certain tools to help them understand their responsibility to their authority that comes from their last name. And um, so in both cases, uh, it basically means you need to, to lean in and, and have really, really timely and, you know, um, straightforward conversations without drama. And, and if you can eliminate your emotions and be careful about your passion just by uh, your tone attack, then that goes a long way. Awesome. That's awesome. I always think of the bulldog of liberation whenever I uh, teach the support challenge matrix, Jeremy, where Mike is in Bhutan. And I think we're going to have him on the show at some point, aren't we? When he's out. Uh, we are. He, in fact, he, he was just FaceTiming me just now. Uh, oh. And so I had to like, uh, uh, you know, ignore it. Well, but... um, Tracy did a great job as a little teaser campaign, but it seems to me at the moment, we just have a increasingly all-star cast of people trying to get on the giant leadership podcast and today i would honestly say is one of our absolute favorites um she embodies everything that nurture guardians should be and is my poster child really for that voice around the world so we it's our joy to introduce to you the one the only uh miss nashville uh <laughs> miss amy norton amy very welcome to the giant leadership podcast hello i'm so glad to be here two of my very favorite people in the world uh, i just this feels all right in the world maybe a snowy day in oklahoma but everything is good in nashville but i get to hang out with you this morning so good to see amy yeah amy here's a question so obviously we know you well but just to our listeners out there Tell them a little bit about you and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am in Nashville almost 28 years in just a few days. My husband and I moved here in the mid-90s after we got married, and we've raised children and successfully launched them into the world. I have written my last college tuition check, university tuition check, which is very exciting. I feel liberated oh, yes. on many levels. Um, <laughs> we, you know, I've done a, a lot of things living here. Um a variety of careers and um, development at, at a university. I spent a long time in writing and publishing. And um, actually, when I came to Giant, I was a client a long time ago. And I, I had a probably a question mark over my head about what, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And sitting through your sessions, both of you doing, I think we did Best Fit and Gears. You each led one and it totally rocked my world. And from that moment, I realized that that was exactly the missing piece of the puzzle, and that's what I needed to be doing. So uh, at this point, in addition to still being wife and mom, uh, I am 
really honored to get to help awaken gifting in people. I think that's, if I boil it down to really the essential element of what I'd love to do, I really am very effective at establishing trust with people quickly. And I think that may, I was laughing in the waiting room, listening to you say the character, competency, whatever that I, I may bring. And I think that's a hardwired part of who I am that allows me to have trust quickly with people. So they are able to see things that have always been there. They may just not have had a language for it. And, and you're a, you're a consultant and you, you work inside uh, like Georgia power as an example. Yes. Um, you know, yes, some yes. other, who, who are some other clients that you work with? So Air Force, Google, Georgia Power is a huge part of my portfolio right now. And I have done a good bit of work in the financial sector with wealth management type companies, uh, which has been really fun. And that's such a relational business. If you think about it, it's a natural pairing to help people think about communication deliverables and relational integrity and all that kind of stuff. But I, I really I'm loving this season right now. Um, it's I'm working with two partners who I trust. We have a, an entity that's almost a year old called Giant Southeast, and we are really focused on helping empower leaders to to lead themselves, coach, teaching, training, all that to empower themselves. And what I love, Amy, is the way that uh, the, the the nurture in you. The one of those influence questions was learning to boast in your competence. If you remember all those years ago, and when when we're going, yeah, it's kind of work with who have you work with, and you just kind of swing through like Google. US Air Force, Georgia Power, you know, multinational global companies that see you as that trusted, confidant and friend, whereas actually that's just who you are and that humility piece, but it usually takes friends who love you to draw out and let everyone else know how amazing you are. So that's a great bit of context. And uh, I think it was about eight years ago that we met you in Atlanta. Yeah. You were one of the, I think, the second X-Core groups that we did all those years ago, mm-hmm. which is amazing, really. I think we've been friends that long. So we, we talk a lot on this, uh, Amy, about the kind of 100X type leader. So 100 is, you know, the extent to which how healthy we can be knowing ourselves, leading ourselves. And just thought it'd be helpful for you to explain to uh, our listeners, what is it you do as a nurturer, guardian, ICJ? How do you stay healthy? How do you make sure that you continue to be someone worth following? And actually, what are the practices or what are the disciplines that you use? So tell us a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah. So I think I've been thinking about this a lot. I spent a lot of time at the end of the year reflecting on what was working and what was not. And what I realized is that during the pandemic, I began to do something different, which was really pursue rest and recharge. And it was easy to do because there was less moving about, of course, but it was such an aha for me because that is first gear. If, I, if I'm not connected in my relationships, if I'm not rested and recharged, nothing else works. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And I tell my clients that. How, how did I miss that memo? So the, the, my battle cry this year is relentless pursuit of rest and recharge and It's so interesting when you prioritize a vacation or not working after dinner, you actually play cards with your husband by the fire instead of getting back on your computer. My business is better. It's instead of focusing on chasing a number, I am absolutely ruthless about making sure I'm resting and recharging. And that that has been such a difference maker um, in terms of 
my, my ability to show up and really be me. Uh, I heard a quote the other day from a, another Tennessean, Dolly Parton, who I really admire. I think she's an amazing leader. She said, um, figure out who you are and do that on purpose. And if I think about coming to XCOR all those years ago, I had the head part right, but it has taken me a long time to get the heart part right, to actually love being who I am and saying, you know what, work can wait. I- I'm going to go relax. That's so strong, Amy, because if you think you represent 43% of people as that nurturer first voice. And the thing that we always say is you'll never lead more effectively than when you lead the way you were made to be. But it's incredible how many nurturers, even though they know it all in their head, how many times they, they kind of almost get swayed and almost go, well, I really ought to be doing something because that looks better than what I'm doing now. So I think there's something deeply profound to celebrate in the fact that you're saying it might have taken a few years, but to get to a place where it's like, oh, I'm going to choose to be the person I was made to be and lead the way that I can be at my best. That, that'll be, uh, there'll be so many people listening who actually listen to that and are inspired by it. Was there anything else to help you get there? So that kind of ruthless kind of pursuit of rest and recharge, anything else that you've done over the years to kind of in that mindset piece that's enabled you to function at the very healthiest level? I think the other thing that has been really galvanizing for me is clarifying my personal core values. And duh, did you not do that day one? No, (laughs) I kind of had a a general idea, but I didn't actually put myself through the the work of codifying what really matters to me until it's, it's been a few years now. But what I distilled into two words or just a phrase actually is to love completely and live honestly. And we know from that support challenge matrix that love is sometimes saying the hard thing. And our friend Lance, he's got to have an honest appraisal of himself and honest conversations with people that aren't always comfortable. And so I've had to have some honest conversations with me. You know, I I can't build a successful business like Jeremy or Steve. I have to do it the way I need to do it. And that's going to require that I do things in a different way, or maybe it moves a little slower. And that right there, I think the values piece has been incredibly foundational. And Amy, just to uh, affirm you, and again, it's not like a, a before and after. It's not like that you were a complete mess when we met you. Okay, I don't mean oh, it like that. But, <laughs> but you you were in stress. Yeah, you were in yes. stress. But yeah. you were also, I mean, just the journey of watching uh, when when Steve said that you're the poster child of a nurturer guardian because we've watched you be fully liberated and fully free. And now when you say that phrase to fully love and what was the other, be fully honest? Love completely and live honestly. Okay. Love. Yeah. When you do, you do that with clients so well, we watched it and the confidence level to put you in the room and the people that you deal with. And it's just, it's, it is an amazing journey of liberation to watch a nurturer step into their voice and and with secure confident you're never going to struggle with humility is not your issue it's the secure confident piece that you stepped into that's probably why amy and i've got on so well because i've never had an issue with humility either so (laughs) (laughs) that's right who's that book coming out (laughs) it's steve humble cockrum that's his middle name i don't know if you knew that (laughs) so 
That's or, or Bull, Steve Bull Cochran. Yeah, Let, let's move on before I ruin it. So in terms of, that's fantastic on 100 and getting healthy. So in terms of X and multiplication, this will be an interesting one, whether you're doing this or whether this is the next frontier for you. But in terms of how are you intentionally multiplying what it is that's happened in you, in your work, and how are you kind of intentionally being a liberator to others, having received, as it were, that liberation yourself? Talk to us a little bit about how multiplication is being played out in your world right now. Yeah, it, that I think I, I really had fun thinking about that question because in the last year, I have formed a new entity with two people and we're radically aligned in our values. Giant Southeast is killing it right now. And it's not, um, we're not doing things in a radically different way, but we are radically aligned to the same values and to the same vision. And it is that incredible alignment in this team that has been a true force multiplier in revenue, in freedom, in flexibility. I, I, I have wanted a team for so long. You both know this. And in Nashville, it's, you know, I have, there are giants here now, which is awesome. And definitely pulling those off the bench into the work that I'm doing. But to have people that I completely trust, who I can be my worst self with, ask Dan Fry what Amy's like on a, an off day. <laughs> he has seen the unvarnished proof. Oh, he's but- here. We're bringing him up next. <laughs> <laughs> this is your life. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's so, it's so freeing to, be who you are on a good day or a bad day and be completely aligned with what you're about and deploying your skill sets in a way that is life-giving. I'm not having to do everything. I'm doing mostly what I do really well and some of what is growth area, which is 70-30. And I, I have never experienced such freedom and just liberation. Honestly, our bus- my business has grown, I think it's quadrupled in this time with my partners, with Dan and Brandon. So I couldn't do that by myself. And that, that's been huge. So the, the, the key ingredient though, for me and for Dan and Brandon is this values alignment. We took a really long time to clarify that. And that's been everything, I think. That again is, it's, so usually what happens, Amy, is nurturers will work hard enough to become as healthy as they can, because they think by doing that, they'll serve other people. Actually being part of team is another massive step because you almost fear, the biggest fear of nurture is letting people down. Mm-hmm. If I'm on my own, I only let myself down. If I'm in a team, then I could let them down, but actually it's been an amazing experience because actually it's just led to growth and your contribution. The next stage is how do you believe that who you are and what you do is worth intentionally multiplying into the people that want to learn how to be and do what you do? Mm-hmm. so that that's kind of you know it wouldn't be a pioneer in your life without occasional challenge but i go you have so much that others will learn from but you have to create the context where they can orbit what you're doing close enough to be able to imitate the amazing person that you are both in terms of character but also that the the unconscious competence you now have is something which most nurturers never recognize because they kind of always don't see how good they are despite the fact that people like us tell you all the time that you are 
then if you still struggle to hear it, then what we know is you are, you know, top 0.001 percentile of our nurturers in the world. So that's the reason why I'm kind of adding that. So how does that sound, Amy? Are you doing any of that and just not telling us? Or is it something which is part of that, that next season of confidence, I believe, for you? So clarify the question I need to answer. There's several things I could comment on. I, I heard it as, uh, are you liberating yourself in your in your mind? Is that what you're saying, Steve? I mean, in your mind, are you telling yourself? Mm-hmm. I think it was, are you at a place where you believe that actually who you are and what you now do is worth multiplying intentionally into a group of people that actually want to learn from Amy? Yes. So that you have your own little team of, you know, um, little giants that want to learn how to grow up and do what you do and be what you do. There we go. Is that better? Yes, yes, yes. And it, it is a both and. So the the little voice that gets in your head, if you're a nurturer saying you're terrible, that's not good enough, that that never, never really goes away. You just learn to not listen to it. You choose not to listen to it. And all the things we talked about support my ability to do that. And some days are better than others, of course. But um in terms of multiplying others, you really have to have a little courage and some desperation because you've got too much work. Um, and the the trust I have in my partners has allowed me to be more courageous in how I show up. Um, and that includes bringing other people in. You know, there's a little part of me that doesn't like to delegate because I like the way I do it. And so having no capacity forces you to delegate. But I have such clarity of what what my work is, who I am, that it is a whole lot easier to start pouring into someone and saying, this is the way I want you to do it. This is what I want it to look like. And so I'm actually having a lot of fun bringing people in and saying, "Okay, this is how we're going to roll. This is what I expect. This is what I want the outcome to be. And I'm I'm not feeling any fear. I I think courage is the best word to put there. That is refreshing to feel that way. I love that, Amy. I mean, that's the reason why I think when we when we interview people and we go, who are some of the people we think embody most what a 100x leader is? And how do we actually have different representations of voice, gender, role, spheres of culture? You have always been um, an amazing poster child and in some ways even more proud because every time I hear an update on the story, it's like the growth just continues. And to have a nurturer guardian who says, I'm being ruthless in the protection of when I work and when I don't and obligation and I'm multiplying. I'm part of a team. I'm actually working with some of the most influential leaders in the world. You are an inspiration to us and also an inspiration to the 43% of people who find it much easier to hear it from you than they would from Jeremy and I. So that's the reason we pulled a little bit more today because I just know for many people, they're like, Oh, I couldn't do that because I'm not wired that way or that's not my gift. Whereas actually what you're saying is you can, it just takes a bit of work and usually some people to help you. So thanks, Amy, for coming on today. It's really special. Jeremy, any final thoughts for Amy? No, just so grateful for you, Amy. Uh, you know that. And uh, thankful for the, I, I'm, I love it. I love the confidence. I love the, uh, just, just the attitude. I mean, a little bit of swagger actually is a great thing. And I, and I see it in you and again, humble swagger. Thank you. Well, I'm thinking about your praise here and I I receive it and it feels really good. And I've I've had two really great people who've mentored me in the two of you. When I think about, 
you know, on my last day when I'm doing that movie reel in my head of who, who are the people that really mattered, you both are on that list because you have spoken truth to me and you, you've been people I could trust who you've poured into me and you've also pushed me appropriately. I, I can recall in my head conversations I've had with each of you where you've brought me the right kind of challenge and it was transformational. So this, what we do really works. And I, I credit both of you for the shaping impact you've had on my life. I wouldn't be able to stand here and say these things today if it weren't for your influence. It's good. That's what I love about nurturers. I love about nurturers, Jeremy. Whatever you say to them, they always turn it back to being good news for you. <laughs> <It's> incredible, <really. laughs> Well, thank you, Amy, for being with yeah, us. Thanks, Appreciate Amy. you. Thank Have you. a great rest of your day. All right. Bye-bye. Now, and, and any of you who are watching this and you, you, you go, huh, that's really, really interesting. Well, what we've done, what Steve and I've done, what our business is, uh, we have a team that basically serves and supports coaches, trainers, consultants, um, any speakers, people who want to liberate people and who want to use that um, their, their business as a platform for impact, but also income. And, and they want to earn a really good uh, living and help people. We basically created a system. We created an operating system. We have content. We have a platform. We have a process for you to build your business. So if you're interested, it's really simple. Go to giantworldwide.com. Have a look. Um, schedule a call. Talk to one of our teams, teammates and uh, jump in. We have about, I think we have over 600 and. 50 or so um, consultants um, and coaches around the world that's growing uh, about 50, 40, 50 a month. And it's it will probably just take off even more. I was talking yesterday with um, a lady in Abu Dhabi. She's German in Abu Dhabi, who's then has relationships in Nepal and South Africa and really interesting places. And the beauty is we're in about, we're over a hundred countries in the world. So if you think about um, the influence of, of that, our job is really just to um, really apprentice people on this process of using business as a platform for impact. And that's ultimately um, what we're doing. So if you're interested, jump on in. Any final thoughts, Steve, for today? I think the only one I, that I had coming out of Amy was really the, I think it's deeply profound, learning to lead the way you were made to be at your best. And I think that a lot of, people feel they look at role models or they look at people they respect and they almost assume I need to be like them and I think that the one of the biggest things you can do if you have a if you're leading anything or if you aspire to lead something even larger than what you are at the moment you'll never lead more effectively than when you lead with the way that you are wired by nature that 70 30 principle so doing that self-awareness work is the beginning but if you listen to Amy, Amy learned a long time ago, she was a nurture guardian and I'm a pioneer connector and Jeremy's a connector creative pioneer. But learning the fact that we actually have a different way of leading and a different way of interacting with people and learning how to be confident enough that actually when you do that, you'll always be more effective than when you try and imitate somebody else, however good they are at what they are. So have the confidence to lead as you but you have to do the work usually to firstly learn who you are, but also then learn what does me at my best look like? What are my superpowers? And again, there's lots of resources that, you know, we, we've shared along the way, most of which has been our journey of getting it wrong and then helping other people make different mistakes. So that, that would be my encouragement to everyone today coming out of the back of listening to Amy. What about you, Jess? 
Mine is, uh, I like to, as she talked about rest and you've had a phrase, Steve, for a long time, rest is a weapon and thinking about rest in a way that really refuels you. So getting healthy and having um, really not listening to the negativity that was in her mind about herself actually leads her to rest. And there's other things too. She says, you basically can't give what you don't possess. If your cup is empty, you have nothing to give. So uh, I've been really focused on that over the last season of resting and learning to um, not listen to myself. The other night uh, I had some irrational thoughts. I didn't believe them. I just went to bed. I went to bed early to get those thoughts out of my head because I was like, I'm done. Let's just go to sleep. So uh, point is, is that understanding that um, we have to be full to be able to give. So um, that would be my encouragement to you all. Thank you all for listening, for being a part of the Giant Leadership Podcast. Hopefully this is helpful. If you have any questions, uh, please send those into us, submit those into, Mm -hmm. where is it, Tracy? Where do we send questions again? Yeah. Hello at giantworldwide.com. Hello at giantworldwide.com. There you go. Thanks, Trace. And if you you love what we've done, uh, please leave a review on iTunes or somewhere else. It helps other people find us as well. So feel free to share. We hope that this is a blessing to you and something you can share with those in your world as well. So thank you all. Cheers. Bye-bye. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubitschek.com to learn more.